0: Hello, dear listeners. My name is Sean Fennell. I am the marketing guy at the Muskingum County Library System and your host of the podcast, Reread, Rewrite, Recommend, the Muskingum County Library System podcast, where we talk a little bit about libraries and a lot about books. Our guest is Kay, a customer service associate one here at the John McIntyre Library. Kay, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So, Tell us just a little bit about um, what you do. What is, What is that title, the Customer Service Associate One? What does that mean?
1: So that kind of, we're kind of the people who uh, do a lot of the stuff that you think about when you come to libraries. We sign people up for cards. Um, we're the ones checking books in and out, um, getting them shelved back. Um, just a lot of the, like, dealing with customers that isn't the more specialized stuff, like um, how children will have the events and stuff, um, and they handle kind of more of that stuff, and stuff. So we're just sort of the more general customer mm-hmm. um, service. <laughs>
0: yeah, the absolutely, like, really, I mean, the lifeblood of the entire <laughs> system. I mean, this is the department that um, gets you your books. Yep. Here at John McIntyre Library. So uh, if you've ever checked out a book from John McIntyre Library, someone in the circulation department, one of the customer service associates, um, has had a hand in that. So very important. Um, without people like Kay, <laughs> hey, you would not be getting your books. So we are excited to have you on here. So what um, drew you to libraries and why Why Muscain County Library System? Why John McIntyre
1: Library? So I've lived in Zanesville since I was eight years old. So most of my life, 20 years of my life has been spent here.
0: I think that, that makes you a Zanesvillian, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um,
1: but um, I particularly love libraries because we're in actually this Library is where I discovered my love for reading. Um, oh, wow. When I was yeah, when I was like I think nine or ten, um, I had checked out the Amorph series from this live from John McIntyre, and I just became obsessed and had to read all I think 52 of them <laughs> and the side books and just all of them and um, just kind of from there I was like I want I want more stories and I want and I just never stopped and so when I saw you know I. I had left my previous job because of COVID, mm-hmm. and when I saw, you know, customer service here and I was unemployed, I was like, oh, I got, I got to try. I got to at least try for that, and an interview happened. They called me back and said, would you like the job? And here I am today. Here a year uh, Almost a, a little over a year now.
0: Oh, so you, you had your one-year anniversary then. Yeah, um, back in March. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think, actually, I started in March oh, as well. Wow. Not, not the same March, obviously, yeah. but, uh, you know, uh, about seven years ago. i <laughs>
1: we'll have hires in March.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a good time for hires, I yeah. think. There's a lot of people who get hired around that time in the, the new year. Um, so tell us just a little bit more about, I'm kind of curious about your experience here when you were, you said, 10?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I was 9 or 10. Nine or 10 um, yeah. So my parents were coming in because they wanted to rent out movies and stuff, and they were like there's the children's session go there and you know stop bothering us <laughs> <laughs> um so I just went over there and I was kind of looking and in the um specific book the animal series they have these weird covers where it's like the person slowly turning to the animals if you've seen them you know exactly what I'm talking about if you haven't seen them you have no idea what I'm talking about and I just like grabbed one and started reading it I, it was actually in the middle of the series so um funny enough but I grabbed it and I was just like so interested in this world with aliens and People Aww. turn to animals and all this stuff, and um, I'm actually doing a reread on those right now as an adult, and I'm like, oh, why was I reading this as a kid? Why was this in the kids section?
0: Oh yeah, sometimes <laughs> when I go back and read some of the the books that I read as a kid, I mean, honestly, even just it's a silly example, maybe but Bambi.
1: Oh yeah. So traumatic. Yeah. Right, I, I cry now. <laughs> that well, was I my mean, bedtime story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My parents had a, uh, a VHS tape uh, and a little a boom box next to my, next to my bed because I was a kid that demanded bedtime stories. <laughs> demanded. I could not sleep without a bedtime story. Um, no surprise that I turned out to be a, an audiobook fanatic. I cannot get enough if I don't have an audiobook in my life, it is not a good life. Um, so I always have an audiobook going, but I just remember laying in bed as a kid and just like crying and freaking out when Bambi's mom, you know, yeah. died. Spoilers if you haven't um experienced Bambi, <laughs> the mom dies and it's traumatic, but it's a
1: Disney film,
0: right? It's a Disney film, and I'm just like, what? I think my parents thought it was pretty innocuous, but too as a child, I don't know, uh, but. I, I definitely uh, I, I know the covers that you're talking about. I have not read the titles, but I'm I'm cool with a YA. So I might w- I might try it out. It sounds pretty cool. I like aliens. So
1: like I believe it's actually a juvenile series, but I oh, it showed J. up in YA okay. in my opinion. I yeah. love that series, but looking back, I'm like you shouldn't, cause you it's like it's a story about war and like oh, you yeah. know you kind of get to see the kids. I, I i joke i would say you get to see these kids get traumatized in real time in real time <laughs> like, i'm reading the books and i'm slowly being like oh i can see how you guys are getting not so mentally healthy oh my goodness mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean i think sometimes it's really good to have books that are written for you know kids uh, for any younger age that deal with, yeah. with controversial topic or you know difficult topics yeah. you know and stuff like that but uh and I think that as adults, when we read them again, there's something to be said for kind of looking at them and, and seeing them through an adult's eyes. I think a lot of it goes over the head of yeah. a lot of a lot of kids as well. But let's dive in a little bit. <laughs> I cannot wait. I love this part. I don't have any real major previews before um, the event other than just what the title is. We haven't chatted before about them. So tell us what your reread is.
1: Um, To the surprise of no one in my department, it is um, a graphic novel series called Number Six. Uh, Mm
0: -hmm. Okay.
1: (laughs) um, Which, I know that title sounds weird, um, but basically it's a post-dystopian world um, where war happened and um, a lot of the world was left uninhabitable. And one of the few places where humans actually still can live in is a city called Number Six, which praises itself on being the perfect utopia we have cutting-edge medical technology. We have this giant wall to keep our citizens safe. We have, you know, the best of the best. We have almost a zero crime rate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we're following a boy named Xion who lives in the city. And um, he's what's called an elite, which means that at a young age, he was tested for his intelligence and was shown to be quite intelligent. Mm-hmm. And so he's provided, him and his mother get everything provided from them: His school's paid for, his, their home, everything. And, um, on his 12th birthday, a, a strange boy his age breaks into Shion's house, um, with a bullet wound, and Shion ends up treating this wound and speaking to this boy, who says his name is Nezumi, or, um, rat in the English version, it's a Japanese book. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, um, so, he talks to he, he he's talking to him and learns that he's from outside the city, outside the walls, um. And he's like oh this city is not as perfect as you people seem to think <laughs> it is um and basically shion ends up learning that from the news that nezumi is a criminal oh and the government oh. is like you need to if you find if you see him contact us immediately and shion chose not to and then we skip ahead four years where shion um we see the repercussions that shion lost pretty much everything he was not kicked out of the city but he's moved to the poor part. He's now working a job. His mother um, has a bakery. And he talks to his co-worker in one of the scenes and says, I might have to drop out of school because of how much I'm having to work. Um, mm. And then, I'm not going to get too much into spoilers, but something happens. And um, the government tries to pin a, a death of someone on Shion And oh. he ends up getting rescued by Nezumi, who takes him beyond the walls. And... Um, to what's called the West Town or the West Block. And from there, it kind of becomes a whole thing of um, a difference of ideals on the boys because Xion you know, is, like, um, the thing that is ha- I I kind of have to... light spoiler, I guess, but um, the event that happens is Xion's co-worker um, ages rapidly before him um, and dies. And oh. then a parasitic wasp comes out of the corpse. Oh. And the government says, oh, we're going to make it seem like you murder him, essentially. <laughs> and... So, Shion's like, we have to figure out what these wasps are, where they came from, and save the city. Yeah. And actually. Nezumi is like, I don't care about the city. Let it burn. Like, he's actually happy. <laughs> to. So, it comes with a difference of ideologies. Shion's having to learn to um, adjust to this new place, because the West Town is very um, different from um, number six. There's, like, no authority. It's kind of an every man for himself. It's very violent. It's very dangerous. And... So he's adjusting that, and at the same time, these these two are living together, and um, both are kind of developing feelings for each other, and Shion is immediately, you know, I embrace that, I I care about you, and Nezami is a lot more hesitant on those feelings, because he's like, he sees that caring about someone has kind of a weakness, um, Mm -hmm. a burden, so it's like, it's a really interesting thing of these two people who are very different coming together, and um,
0: yeah, it sounds like it's a lot about class as well, and yeah, like society, yeah. and social issues, and it sounds like a pretty rich book, honestly.
1: Yeah, it's it's a very good. Um, unfortunately, never got an official English translation of the actual novels, but it is a um, graphic novel series,
2: mm. and it
1: does have a TV show, but I don't recommend it because the ending <laughs> is terrible. That's actually, I watched the TV show, and I was so mad by the ending, I was like, I had to look up the graphic novel and read it, just... To see if the ending was better. Is it better? It is much better. It's much better.
0: Okay. So you're so it's a graphic novel. Is it? But it's not manga.
1: It is a manga. It yes, is a sorry. manga. Okay.
2: Yeah. okay. I don't
1: generally um generally use the term manga because most people don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm like the backwards books. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about manga. Um. So it's a it's basically Japanese comic books. Um. In America, it looks backwards just because of how that's how their books are. Um. And like. It's interesting because they have different um age ratings than us so something that could be considered you know more YA friendly over there mm-hmm. we might put in our adult system um they're a little more open to some concepts than we are like um nudity and things like that are not as seen as adult thing over there mm-hmm. whereas they're more but violence over there is more of a no no so like something might be more violent might be marked as adult there but it might be marked teen here Mm -hmm. or something with a lot of nudity might be marked teen there and you know adult Adult here here. (laughs) yeah
0: the the cultural differences you know are going to be pretty vast i would imagine oh yeah um from country to country
1: yeah
0: (laughs) but that's really so there is an actual novel as well um that's Um, written in japanese i'm assuming
1: um, it's written in Japanese. There is a um, fan translation online. Ooh, um, okay. It's I think Ninth nice Avenue is what the website is called. If you if you Google Number Six, um, light novels, you should be able to find it because okay. that's how I had to do it. <laughs>
0: um, so you've read that one, and then the manga, yes. and then also the uh, you watched the the series, which you, yeah, which you hated the ending.
1: <laughs> I hated the ending because it changed a lot, and oh, um, I care. My, my very character lives was Nezumi and he had an entire character arc in the manga and in the, in the um, books the yeah. light novels that did not happen in the TV show and i oh, like, they just left it out yeah they just cut it before it could happen and I was like there was all this build up to it all this stuff and I'm like and let down and let down
0: oh that's the worst yeah. that's the worst but at least you had the book yeah um, you know to fall back on so you could get your get your, your resolution yeah get your resolution well, that's awesome. Anything else you kind of want to share about that particular title?
1: Um, I will warn everyone, if you do read it, it is a very bittersweet ending. So, if you're not into that, it might not be your cup <laughs> so of tea. So, not but
0: your traditional happy ending.
1: Yeah. Um, has just like, like, well, a big spoiler, I guess, because I'm going to say how it ends. Um, Not the whole thing, but um, at the end, Nezumi does leave because uh, he just mm. has a lot of hang- anger and hatred, and it's all very, you find out through his backstory, it's all kind of, why and how it's justified but he essentially does end up saving the city mm. um and he's the only person who can um oh. and a lot of weird events i don't it would take me probably most this podcast <laughs> to explain um but yeah um so he ends up saying being the one to save the city and so kind of that's his whole arc is he lets go of his his anger and hate well not even lets it go but he says i trust Shion to fix the city mm. like this boy i love yeah um so um but he's leaving and xion basically is very upset obviously yeah and but you know they finally have a kiss and um <laughs> well, it's their second kiss but it's a it's um the first time that let me kiss it's xion so he, he kisses him and says i um reunion will come i will come back for you yeah kind of oh. thing um it's so it's like it's it's really cute but it's also like bittersweet yeah are, absolutely
0: it's a perfect it's a perfect word for, yeah bittersweet for sure that sounds like a really. I'm, you know, I've never actually. Uh, I've read graphic novels before, mm-hmm. um, but I've never read a manga, so maybe I'll give it a go. <laughs> it a go.
1: We do have it here. We just, um, Melissa just ordered it not that long ago. We have, um, it's okay. called an omnibus, um, which oh, essentially yeah. means it's three of them in one um, book. So instead of having to get um, nine individual books, we can get three big books. Nice. I'll so, have to check that out. Yeah, for sure. Right.
0: All right. So. Tell This is one of my favorite <laughs> sections of the podcast because I, I love knowing um, how people would rewrite um, a book or what they would change about it. So what is your rewrite?
1: It's In Deeper Waters by F.T. Lukens, um, which I feel so bad because I was recommend this book by so many people. And I, I want to like this book <laughs> so badly. Yeah. But I just, it has some, like, it's a 300-page book. It's a YA novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just feels like the author just tried to cram too much into one little book. And I'm like, I feel like there's plot points we could cut out that would have made it feel less fresh towards the end. Yeah. Like, one of the things is there's a, like a political marriage going on between the older sister the main character and the, uh, uh, another Ed prince from another kingdom or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and they try to justify that, make like this whole political thing out of it, but at the end, but I'm like, I feel like without proper world building, you can't pull off this kind of story, and you did not have the proper world building. So, oh. I so um, essentially this is a little mermaid retelling with high fantasy. Okay. Um, but so Tola has magic, um, and it's kind of been hanged because his great grandfather um, used it long ago to be a tyrannical, terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> so. To um, to keep their peace with the other kingdoms and whatnot, Tall is kind of hidden away. In um, this book is his coming of age um, story. Mm, so it's um, a it coming used, of age time. Yeah, kind okay. of. But yeah, um, yeah it's a, um, But so he's, you know, off with his brother doing the, his coming of age ceremony, and he meets a strange boy named Athlon, um, who ends up jumping over their ship after they rescue him from um, another sinking ship. He ends up jumping off their ship and. Uh, Tall is upset until he meets him back in town. Um, well, and he jumps his... off the ship? Okay. Yeah.
0: So they rescue him and then he <laughs> yeah. jumps off the rescue yeah. ship.
1: Spoilers, he's a mermaid. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> okay, that's an okay, yeah. I got it. Got right, yeah, right.
1: um, so you did Tal- say high fantasy. Yeah, high fantasy. But, okay. But anyway, so, but yeah. Um, so, where was I at? Tull. Oh, sorry, okay. I interrupted. You. No.
0: Yeah, so he uh, he was jumping off the ship. Yeah,
1: so Tolk and his brothers end up in town, and he reruns into Aethlin, and from there that he finds out about him being a mermaid. Kind of finds out all of his people were killed. Um, oh. I I think it was some sort of earthquake. Or, I'll, be, I'll be honest, I do not remember exactly how it happened because it's just kind of passed over so quickly.
0: Yeah, you said which, there was a lot, so it's probably hard yeah. to like remember a lot of yeah. the details, which is
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so. And then Tall ends up being kidnapped by pirates. <laughs> and so, yeah, and then you find out late, uh, again, spoilers, but um, you find out basically these pirates were hired by the political, um, the people the sister is marrying and whatnot, which so I thought it was just an excuse to have them, you know, him, Tall, get kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so that's what I would start changing because we find out the reason Aethlin can turn to a human is because he made a um, deal with a sea witch
2: i'm getting uh. some
0: real strong um aerial vibes
1: yeah i told you it was a little mermaid return <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: <laughs> um but yeah so um and in the end of the book in the actual book it tall calls for her and it's like i want to save his life and then someone else um basically exchanges becoming mermaid to becoming human to become a mermaid and a son gets to become a human go from mermaid to human kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah but i i was like no I don't, because one of the things that I had that had happened was, um, Tal talked about how there's a story about how there was this girl during his grandfather's rule who, who was so afraid of him that she threw herself in the sea to get ga- away from him. And you learn that is the sea witch, which I thought was a great idea, but oh. the plot does not, the book does nothing with that idea. So in my version, the pirate captain who kidnaps Tall is the sea witch.
2: <laughs> and she's like,
1: you're dangerous. I knew what your great-grandfather did like you're going to tell because no one knows he has magic outside of his family so she's like you're going to show me you have magic and then i'm going to basically you know end you and in yeah. this version in my rewrite that means Aethon would be on the pirate ship um during this because when tall gets kidnapped Aethon's not with him which i thought we can kind of their love story mm-hmm. um so Aethon would be there and tall would be like well you you know I have magic because you saw me use it on the ship, but mm-hmm. um, you're not telling her why kind of thing, and so I think that strengths strengthen the bond between them. I think would make the Sea Witch um, premise more interesting, mm-hmm. and then for the ending, there's a couple things that would change. Um, for one thing, basically the Sea Witch, um, with, when Aislinn saves a tall from her, she undoes it so she basically like, well, I gave you your legs. I ta- I- I'll take them away. And um, <sighs> okay. instead of having her be the one to to turn a thing to human i would have tall use his magic to do it in front of the you know all these this other kingdom and mm-hmm. whatnot and people would see for the first time as magic is just as capable of healing as is of harming like oh yes your great great grandfather did these awful things with the magic but you used it to save someone's life maybe mm-hmm. it's not always you know
0: so the magic isn't yeah. the evil that people think it is it's 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 the person yeah. it's how yeah. it's used right yeah
1: and yeah. i think that would have been the perfect ending for this whole thing because the entire time Tall's family are like you know height having to keep him hidden away. they're like you know you can't reveal your magic or people will kill you um and yeah. i was like so i think it would be the perfect thing that people see you know tall is a good person it's just you know, he happened to inherit magic from a very terrible person. <laughs> like, our our blood did not make us, you know, kind of bad people. It's who we choose to be.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the decisions people's magic. So that's a really good lesson as well, yeah. you know, like a, a fable in a way. Yeah. Although, I, I will admit, like, with the whole, um, you know, like, sea witch thing, that's always, I really want, I would like to read a book written about a sea, the sea witch. I think right? would be great. I love that. I've always wanted to see, like, I, w- I would love to see, like, you know, Ariel, from, but from Ursula's
1: standpoint. <laughs> that sounds like a great... <laughs> I wonder if they of uh, the Twisted uh, fairy tales have done that. I don't know. Um, that would be amazing. I know amazing. they've done a few, but I don't know if they've done Ursula's point of view. I'm going to have to look that up later.
0: Yeah. where Now, where can people find that?
1: Um. Oh, in Deeper Waters or the Twisted? The Twisted, yeah. Um, I... I believe we have some of them here um i okay. believe i have a few i don't know if we have the whole collection but
0: All right. i was wasn't sure if it was like uh, a physical book or if it was like oh. on digital only or online
2: as or far as i
1: like know that they're that. actual physical um cool. like it's like twisted fairy tales and it's basically retellings of disney's the only one i know of off the top of my head is the mulan one where um, basically, her love interest from the movie ends up in the underworld, and she has to go save him. Oh. I haven't read it myself, but it's on my to be read list. <laughs> the never ending to be read list. That
0: oh yeah, of course. <laughs> but would we be happy if our never ending read list was already read?
1: Right. There's always books coming out. There's so always, always new. Yeah, and I'm always discovering you know, older books that like mm-hmm. my reread. That actually, is from 2011. So oh okay yeah, yeah, it's an older one. It's an
0: older one yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm a big rereader. Sometimes when I can't find anything, I just—or if I'm in a space where I just kind of want, honestly, it's not necessarily like background noise, but just something for me to just kind of light that I don't have to pay as much attention to. I will yeah. definitely do a reread, um, or re-listen in, in my case, uh, just because I—I I I, I like revisiting that—you um, know—the characters and, and that um, whole atmosphere from the book
1: yeah. as well and, i mean people re- watch re-watch movies so yeah you know why not and i feel like i feel like a good book you will want to go back and reread it especially if it's a book where you can where it's like oh i now i can build up and see how that plot twist was building up or anything like that right
0: yeah i know there there have definitely been there's, there's kind of generally two causes for my rereads one is where i finish a book and i'm like i'm going to do that again so that i can figure out exactly what happened and the other one is uh, basically a, <laughs> I have to reread this book right now because it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's both, usually it's one or the other, um, but yeah, I'm definitely a rereader for sure. Anything else you would change about your uh, your title in Deeper Waters?
2: That,
1: that's the biggest thing. Um, as far as the actual book, I wish they had described Aislinn a little bit better in their advertising because they kept calling him mysterious and roguish. I'm like, I love this boy, he is a salmon roll. <laughs> and then a bit of a naive idiot, if I'm being honest, um, because he's supposed to be the fish out of water. Yeah. Um, so, I'm like, I, I believe it's I, that would be the only other thing I would really change is be like, this, you know, sweet, naive. Yeah. into the mysterious and rubbish, because I love the mysterious and roguish characters as much as the next person. Oh, yeah. He did not yet. We get his backstory on page 80. There is nothing mysterious there. <laughs>
0: There's no mystery to be found. <laughs> it's all up front. All right. Well, <laughs> now let's dive into your recommend.
1: Okay. So my recommend is uh, Sophie and the Bone Song" by um, Adrien uh, Tule. Okay. Um, and I always hesitant to I'm always hesitant to recommend this one to people in um, actuality because um, it deals with a very d- dark subject matter, um, mm-hmm. it deals with the subject of emotional abuse. Okay, um, so there's
0: a trigger warning on, yeah. on that book Trigger for sure. warning, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but basically the, in this world um, anyone can create art by using what's called papers by writing it down and um, being able to be like if you want to make a poem about being heartbroken you can just say poem about being heartbroken kind of thing. Oh. Um, I, want, I want to feel agony, I want to feel this. Mm-hmm and um one of the few forms of art that hasn't been touched by papers is music and people who can create there's five people who are called musics with a k (laughs) because it's gotta be special um but um who can um create and compose original um songs Mm -hmm. and our our title character sophie Mm -hmm. um, her father is one of these musics and she has been just training her entire life to become his apprentice because they only take on one apprentice in their life so she's been training and she has a very strict regimen that her father gave her that she practices every day for this and her father's holding competition for the apprentices and she's basically like I've got this you know I've I've done everything and essentially she's like there's no way I have nothing if I don't have this Mm -hmm. well a girl shows up named Laura who does not have a loot Um, which is the instrument they play Mm -hmm. um so her father uh sophie's father gives her his loo and she just plays it perfectly the next day when and um he announces that night that laura will be his new apprentice Mm -hmm. and sophie is of course super upset of course but her father locks himself in his office and she um is basically like you know whatever
2: yeah well
1: when she goes to his office later to confront him more um she he doesn't answer she, she goes in there and finds him uh passed away oh so yeah <laughs> a cheerful start <laughs> yeah
0: very <laughs> uplifting recommend no,
1: <laughs> no is, i swear it's a very despite what i'm saying it's a very very uplifting book um it just takes a you know we gotta have the darkness to get to the light you gotta
0: work to get there right yeah, yeah.
1: um so yeah, you know, laura shows up and she says and so he told her you know you're my father's a prince, so now you were my father's only apprentice. So now you're the music. And Laura's basically like, "No, that can't be me. I I came to see if he would take, if he would just teach me to play music, not to become his apprentice." And Sophie's like, "There's no way you've never played music in your life." Yeah. And so she's suspicious and she thinks Laura magiced her way um into that. And she's like, "Well." She ag- agrees to travel with Laura because musics have to travel to the different kingdoms to kind of um um sit there and you know show their talent and meet all the other musics and things like that yeah and so sophie says i'll go on this journey with you and help you write songs and things like that and secretly sophie wants to catch the lore in the act uh-huh. and, and from there it's kind of, kind of a whole thing of them bonding falling in love uh it's kind of funny because when I first read this, I did not think I was gonna like Laura, but uh-huh. as has you, you know, you go through the book. I feel like as Sophie starts feeling from her, you kind of start to like her more and more. Which yeah. I don't know if that was intentional in the author's part, but I feel like it was because this is being told from Sophie's point of view. So um, it makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. But that so the author was able to have the readers really kind of follow mm-hmm. and be along in that and Sophie's arc of understanding.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like there's this whole thing where you know Sophie's arc is kind of like, you know, you don't have to suffer through music, and like I said, and she's healing from because her father was emotionally abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, because eventually you do find out, um, again, spoilers, <laughs> I know we're spoiler, oh, uh, that's totally spoiler. fine, I'm we're sorry. pro spoiler uh, yeah. here. Yeah, I just always <laughs> try and warn people in case they're like, oh, I don't read this, and I'm like,
2: yeah, it's, it's very nice to warn, of
1: yeah, course, um, course. but yeah, so. Eventually, Sophie learns what happened with Laura that night. It wasn't Laura who was using the music. The instrument that Sophie's father had been using is called it. It had magic itself. Someone, um, Sophie's mother, had been a witch, and she had made her father this magical instrument. Um, so not only did he cut her off from part of her heritage because he he kept her away from magic, um, but he also basically made her do all this trick stuff because he couldn't do music. So he kind of forced his insecurities onto her.
0: So he was the one using the magic the whole yeah, time. So he yeah. actually was. Uh, ha, ha, yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's kind of, he, he couldn't play. So he made himself an instrument that would never fail when he's playing it. And so, but in doing so, when he started training Sophie to come, you know, the perfect music, he forced all these insecurities on her. And because Laura had been the one to use the instrument that night. She played so perfectly, it would look suspicious if he had chosen her has his apprentice so he either would have had to admit i've been cheating this entire time to everyone Mm -hmm. or basically just give the title to to someone who wasn't his daughter yeah and so he instead of saving instead you know admitting you know it was me i've been cheating this whole time um but laura had not Laura, but sophie has not
2: yeah
1: um so she deserves the title he just he was like, nope, I'm just going to pick this other girl and save my face and save face. And, um, later on we find out that, you know, he did end his own life because he couldn't face
2: Oh wow. He, yeah.
1: So it's, yeah. it's a very, it's very dark, but like I said, the story itself is very uplifting in the fact mm-hmm. that Sophie gets to connect with her mother's side of the family at, later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so she gets to, um, learn that, you know, music and magic both are a part of her. Yeah. And those two things cannot be separated. But also, like, we get to see her start getting rid of these negative, terrible thoughts that her father was giving her and, like, mm-hmm. start to become more of a positive person and realize I don't have to suffer for my art.
0: Yeah, so it's like a kind of a healing journey for, for her. It yeah. It sounds like a lot.
1: And I've never, yeah. like, I feel like I've never seen a book that with the uh, topic of emotional abuse really cover it so well because I feel like a lot of people, feel like, you know, with this, it has to be. You know, physical to, mm-hmm. to be harmful and uh, not the case at all. Yeah. So that's why I love this book. It's why I want, want everyone to read it, but I'm like, you know, this is a difficult t- topic mm-hmm. for some people. So, you know, take care of your mental health before anything.
0: Yeah, read with caution for mm-hmm. sure. But it's a good book for, you know, folks who are in that place in their life or kind of mm-hmm. ready for that, you know, yeah. that topic for sure. I was, that's so why I was going to ask you. I'm like, so what makes it, you know, your, please read this, the, the recommendation. Yeah. And um, I think you kind of outline that really beautifully there. Yeah,
2: thank you.
0: So, but, you know, it, I mean, honestly, like, out of all the books right now, that's the one I'm most interested in reading right um, now. So
1: all, And all three of these titles are available at John McIntyre Library. Look at
0: that. Look at that library <laughs> plug. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> Well, Kate, do you have anything else you'd like to share with us? Anything you thought of while we were chatting or any other kind of readalikes, or just anything you want to mention to our listeners? Um,
1: that's about all I can really think of. Um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, thank you so much. I mean, I think these are really, you know, these are awesome books. You brought us some cool titles <laughs> um, and one or maybe even two <laughs> that I might take a look at. But definitely I want to read, Was it, Sophie and the Bone Song? Yes um for sure that sounds a book like a book that might be right up my alley I love that whole uh you know magic and music yeah that's, that's awesome yeah I, like, I so much that.
1: fun um has the small spoiler number six kind of plays with that trip a little bit it's not oh. as hardcore yeah um but Nezumi is um he has magical music so um, oh really okay yeah, I was gonna say um never wanted, like uh, after the podcast I, I'll talk to you more about because it would like it would take a long time to explain and <laughs> but i will talk to you about off the podcast yeah yeah
0: absolutely (laughs) but i I, that's i I didn't realize that so there's kind of two connections between the two books Um, yeah
1: can you tell what trope i love
0: (laughs) i know i'm just like i wonder what tropes are going on here
1: uh so i I was gonna say so my favorite tropes are kind of not enemies to lovers per se but kind of we're misunderstanding and like Mm. we don't Mm. we don't then grow up in similar experiences so we're coming from two different points of view and coming together and how they change each other for the better because both Number Six and Sophie and the Bone Song do that.
0: Kind of like worlds collide type yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worlds
1: collide—that's a good.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's a <laughs> good trope. Music, yeah.
1: Magic and music—I I love Fancy. If that's mm-hmm. not inherently obvious from <laughs> all three of my choice, well, I guess two of my choices obviously being Fancy. Mm-hmm. Number Six has some Fancy elements in it, but again, yeah. it gets more into that later. So.
0: Yeah, I, def- I love a good fantasy book. I'm really into sci-fi right now, but they're pretty closely related.
1: Yeah, I feel like they're close enough related. That oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we will even like, uh, bundle those together in in genre lists and things like that. And I'm like, yeah, actually, that works for me. <laughs> um, so, uh, again, I just really appreciate you coming on. I know it's uh it's fun to get to sit and yeah. talk about books. That's my favorite thing. I don't get to do that as much as I would like. In your position, <laughs> on the front lines, you get to talk about books Fairly I mean, regularly.
1: It's it's great. I love it. I'm like, I love my job. I could talk about books. That's actually one of the things I said during my uh, hiring review. I'm like, I love talking about books. Please hire me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, and in library land, we call that reader's advisory, and it is very important. It's yep. a big part of the job. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's not just a place to come get your books. It's also a, come place, a place to come and discover New books and be introduced to them, and all of our staff members on the front line are more than happy to provide you mm-hmm. um, with any additional readers' advisory mm-hmm. as and
1: well. Usually, if if you know someone in our, in our department doesn't really know the genre as well, we'll try and find someone who does. Yeah, so I mean,
0: can, there's a lot of readers in this building. Say, there's a
1: lot of people who <laughs> read in this building, so we'll eventually find someone.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we we will find someone and get you your next great read. Well, again, Kay, thank you so much for being on reread, rewrite, recommend the Muskingum County Library System podcast. Uh, Dear listeners, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next month.